Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Moving the Goalposts. I'm Nick DiMartino. I am here with Liam Warwick. Yeah, it was weird that I did it that way. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm asking you to fill in the blank. That, that was a bad intro. Um, okay, so welcome into Moving the Goalposts. Uh, make sure to subscribe on uh, to the Empty the Bench Podcast Network, YouTube.com/slash ETB Network, uh, and you can follow at you can follow the Empty the Bench Network on. Uh, all your social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at ETB Network. And you can follow the show, Moving the Goalposts, on social media. Um, you, could, you, could follow, uh, you could follow us at MTGPETB on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you could, you could get Empty the Bench podcasts on, uh, on, ETB podcast doc, on ETBpodcast.com. And you could listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, listen to Moving the Goalposts wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to like and subscribe. And of course, uh, Moving the Goalposts on the Empty the Bench Network is presented by Wolf Spreads. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, are you looking to get involved in the action while rooting for your favorite team? Have you ever had a friendly debate on who can pick more games correctly? Does all this talk about parlays, lines, and over-unders make your head spin? and you want to learn more about the sports betting hoopla, gamble with us and come check out Wolf Spreads. All NFL season, we've been running a sports betting competition completely free on the Wolf Spreads app. Here are, here's how it works. Everybody gets 2000 fantasy dollars, which is fake money, to bet on the action. Whoever can profit most with their $2,000 bankroll wins. And if you're not an NFL fan, don't worry. Wolf Spreads has competitions available for the NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, and co- and college basketball. Put fantasy dollars on the over-under, the money line, or the spreads. Competing for bragging rights with your fellow players while having additional fun watching sports and not risk losing your house in the process. Wolf Spreads. Sports betting for friends who love the action. All right. So now we can get into the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So this is episode 15, and we do – this is – the start of a slow week of sports. Uh, it is after NFL season. It's February. It's th- probably the second worst time for sports. Um, but it's even worse than that because it's a bad time for sports and it's freezing outside. So yeah. it's not like you can go to the beach or do anything. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of hits. It, it's tough to say goodbye to football season. But we do have NBA All-Star Weekend. And NBA All-Star Weekend, uh, I feel like the narrative every year is the same about NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, I, I think the same as I think every year, which is Saturday is the best day. And then I, I do I do enjoy the Celebrity All-Star Game, too. Um, I didn't get that, that into it this year. But I think Saturday is the best day. And then um, post that, the All-Star Game is – you know, an ex you know an exhibition game that is basically played like an exhibition game, and I think there's a freak out every year because it's a glorified exhibition game. Um, and I think that there was a lot of overreaction. Like, so basically, it's not competitive at all, especially defensively. Um, but at the end of the day, it's supposed to highlight the all stars, and at the end of the day, they're all on the court playing making shots like I, I really don't think that the experience is that bad just because they're not playing defense I don't think that anybody's watching it to see a competitive game um so I thought that was overblown I also think that 
the dunk contest is dead. The dunk contest was one of the worst ever. Um, nobody does it anymore in terms of stars. You had two G one, the winner of it two years in a row is a G league player. And Jacob Toppin was in it, who hasn't seen the court for the Knicks this year. Um, the three point contest I thought was great. And I thought that Sabrina versus Steph was the best part of the weekend. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my, my takeaways. Yeah. I don't normally watch the all-star, uh, the all-star game and I didn't really watch it either other than the highlights. I mean, I, I feel like every year it's, um, it, it is often criticized more and more for not being competitive. I mean, are all-star games ever competitive? Uh, it, it's really impossible to make an all-star game that great. Um, in my view, I think the best one is probably the baseball one. Um, and that's because baseball is a very individualized sport. And it, it, it's a lot uh, – like I think it's a lot easier for me at least to watch like players trying to hit home runs, like in the home run derby for instance. Or because it's like, okay, it's not that much different from what you would see in a regular game, like players trying to hit home runs. Whereas it's different in basketball if players aren't playing defense. I think that affects the quality of the game a lot more. I mean, everybody criticizing it makes – I don't think they're necessarily wrong about it. But here's the thing. Most people are not exactly big fans of all-star games in any sport. Um, All-star games are just exhibition games – it's really just more for marketing purposes for your star players. That's the whole point of the all-star game. It makes no sense to criticize the NBA and their players for not being competitive in the all-star game. Like, like why would you be, why would they be competitive in an exhibition game, which is really just supposed to be fun for them? Um, I like, I don't understand what else it's supposed to be. I mean, unless you somehow want to make the all-star game mean something, but in in what context would that ever happen? Like the whole point of the all-star game is just usually to market often, usually to like promote the brand essentially with often younger viewers and to show their stars or whatever. Um, but of course they don't, of course the players don't care about the game. What I will say about the NBA is that I think that they do a better job with their all-star weekend than any other sport does. Now, that might sound contradictory from what I said before, uh, which is that I enjoy the MLB all-star game more, which is true. I do enjoy the MLB one more, but the thing is the NBA does a better job with it. Uh, They're more creative. They do a lot more with it. They have all different competitions. And as, as bad as the dunk contest was this year, one good thing about the dunk contest is you see a lot of players in it. Like, like you said, every year, like Mac McClung is in it. Nobody's ever heard of him uh, outside of the dunk contest. He's a G League player. And he's, and you know, you do see guys that are not normally in it in the dunk contest that you don't normally see, which I think is kind of a plus. That's new, though. Yeah, I know. That's what I know. I know it's new. But I'm saying it's a good thing that they do that, I think. Um, and in, including Sabrina Ionescu in the, uh, Three-point yes. contest is also a good idea. So they are good at marketing it and changing it up a little bit. It's personally not my cup of tea, but everybody – but, like, the criticisms of it are not so much criticisms of the NBA. They're more criticisms yeah. of just all-star games in general because they all fit that type of criteria. Like, right. the Pro Bowl but – like, <laughs> like, the Pro Bowl, they had to change it to a skills competition. And the thing with the in, – in football, it's like – 
it's not very individual sport very much. So a skills competition is not going to be appealing to most football fans. That's why baseball is kind of the best one because it's much more of an individualized sport. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to get worked up over it because it's like, it's an all-star game. Like that's really, all of these criticisms are really just of all-star games in general. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And also there was a lot of talk of, well, are they going to get rid of it? So this one did 5.5 million, which is the second worst ever, but it's still a good number. And it's still like double what TNT would get on a Thursday night late game. So TNT is not going to get rid of it, getting double their audience on an all-star game. Also, they're playing it also on a, a glorified Saturday night because they always play it the Saturday, the Sunday of President's Day. Right. Um, so that hurts them. And then people see it online. The NBA is the best has, – has been the best sport at marketing its brand worldwide as well. Um, yeah, so they know what to do. And also, like you said, you mentioned the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl does good numbers. It was essentially the same thing. When they were playing, you know, before they started playing flag football, it was essentially the same thing that the NBA All-Star Game is. Nobody tried. And that's why they went to flag football. And I agree. And also baseball, I, I agree that baseball is the best one, even though I, 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 I don't really get that much into it. I don't really think. And baseball also then went over the deep end and at one point had a deciding home field for the World Series, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, in the sport where home field probably matters the most. Um, baseball? Yeah, because of how the sport works. You get the last lick. Um, but, but that's not really an advantage. That's but, just getting your – how is last licks an advantage? That's just getting your chance to bat. So you get the last – you still get the last chance. But No, but that's still you just getting a chance to bat, though. Is that really an advantage? Either way, then the – but uh, baseball also, but then also uh, – they had a glorified exhibition, even though it was a real tournament in baseball last year. And one of the best closers towards ACL jumping up and down. Edwin and Diaz. People, right. And people had a fit on media. So imagine, know. but so imagine if someone gets hurt during the NBA all-star game. That's a good then, point. That's right. A really people good are going to say, well, this is an exhibition game. Yeah. So, imagine. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. So, so I don't see why try. And again, like, also, I don't want to see, like, I don't think that people who are there for the All-Star game, like, care. If you buy a ticket to an All-Star game, I don't think you're, you're, you buy the ticket for a competitive game. You buy the ticket because you want to see Jokic and Luka and LeBron, all these guys on the same court. Right. That's why you buy it. Yeah. No, that's that's true. Um, well, of course, they're not going to get rid of the All-Star game because, uh, like, no sport would get rid of their All-Star game. No sport yeah. does it. The only thing they ever do is maybe, like, change it a little bit but the nba all-star game is not bad enough to the point where it you would never like it where you would completely change it like the pro bowl like the pro bowl was so bad they had to change it to flag football the nba all-star game is just this is akin to flag football what's what what, this is the the basketball equivalent of flag football but yeah it's like that but it's it's like that but what i'm saying is that they don't need to change it the way that the the NFL had to change it to flag football because at least a two a, a game which puts up like what was it almost four hundred points or something like that right. is at least entertaining to a degree. Correct. And I, I think a lot of it is also like it, it, it's not just appealing to like really hardcore sports fans. A lot of it is also just maybe people who are like casual fans or often younger fans. 
that right. might that that might appeal to a little bit more. And it's like one weekend out of the year. I think it's a bit of an overreaction to like be like. I mean, I know the game used the All Star game used to be more popular, but I mean, it, you also have to think of it this way, like injuries I feel like are more common now and like you said imagine like of course they're not going to go all out on a game like this I mean this is I mean look at load management and all that players sitting out regular season games and regular season games mean something right so obviously players are not going to try that hard in the all-star game also you have to remember NBA players at least the stars they all seem to kind of be friends with each other right like so they're all kind of just trying to have fun um well, if they wanted, if they wanted to do something, like I think they should go back to what they did the last couple of years, which was where they had a target score that you had to get, because then you guarantee yourself a game-winning shot. Right. That 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 I think should also be up for grabs. But I mean, I, I don't really. And the other thing is, it's a long, grueling season. It's eighty-one games over nine months. I think it's good also for these teams to have a week off. Like the Knicks were in desperate need of a week off. You know, it's also good, even if you're not an all-star, to take these games off. And, like, look at the all-star teams. There were so many guys that weren't there because of injury. So, it's you know, in this league, would you rather see a competitive all-star game or would you rather see Kawhi and Harden and these guys play in May? You would rather see them play in May. So. Yeah. And it, it it doesn't, like, it's not falling off a cliff numbers wise or anything i mean so it's 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 still a a a popular thing and it's very popular on social media and stuff like that which is what the nba wants as well so yeah yeah i don't see it as as a a, i think it was an overreaction and i'm not like yelling at a cloud because the game wasn't competitive there's a lot of nba games that score in the hundred uh uh 152 but I mean, so I don't know. It's it, it's it's really not a big deal at all. I, I don't think. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's it's objectively true that the numbers were very good. It's and supposed to be a break. It's the All Star break. Yeah. It's, it's a literally a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so I, yeah. I think the people yelling at the clouds, as you would say, would. would I mean, the thing it, are kind of missing the point of it. Like, the, uh, yeah, that's the whole point of the All Star game. It's not supposed to be that competitive um i haven't really sat down and watched it in a very long time uh yeah so i don't know that's just how the all-star game is uh i don't know it's it's not uh yeah that's just generally how i feel like i'm not gonna freak out over it um so more nba stuff so there's a little bit of a feud between jj reddick and uh doc rivers and austin rivers uh we have the video right We have the video for it, I've right? I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend oh, yeah, is so. always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Fun. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no, there's never accountability with that guy. All right. So that was on first take. And I have to say, JJ Reddick is absolutely right. Uh, He is right about Doc Rivers. Uh, 
there there is no accountability with him. Uh, he took over the Bucks. Uh, what were they second in the East when he took over? They're three yeah, and seven. Three and seven. Yep. They're three and seven under Doc Rivers, and, and they've lost to, to and and three and seven. They've they've lost to Portland in that span, who's one of the worst teams in the NBA. And like JJ Redick mentioned, the Warrior, the um, excuse me, the Grizzlies, who are one of the worst teams ever. And so it's it's I I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Doc Rivers, I don't know, has a little bit of a halo effect around him. I mean, also, they the they got rid of Holiday for um, Lillard, who's not a good defender, and Holiday's one of the best perimeter defenders, and they're like stunned that their defense like has gone off a cliff since last year. Like, yeah, you got rid of one of the better perimeter defenders for a guy who's not a good defender. I mean, yeah, that's not like a big deal. Like, it's not a big mystery why your defense has gone down. And Lillard yeah, is really yeah, yeah, and 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 the thing is, he, he was talking about how it's hard to take over a team in the middle of the season. I mean, I guess that's kind of true, but you're taking over one of the best teams with one of the best rosters. I mean, it's a lot easier to do that than to coach like than than to coach say I don't know the Memphis Grizzlies this year from the beginning of the season. Like, so, yeah, but like I, you're taking over a team that is one of the top teams in the East. Well. Yeah. So then, also um, in response to that later on NBA Today, uh, Austin Rivers said, "In terms of accountability, your best years in the NBA, talking to JJ Redick, were when you played for him and the Clippers. It's just very ironic and kind of weirds that you always have this energy toward him." And then he also said that his father also gets blamed, like three one in the bubble, whatever. So Spencer Hawes, who was a former NBA player, big college player, he said to that, he said, "Statistically inaccurate statement." But if we want to talk about someone whose career got saved by Doc, and so basically saying Austin Rivers, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty good. But I, I mean, also you have to like, okay, uh, like Austin Rivers' point was, oh, there was guys who didn't want to be in the bubble, and that's why they blew a three-one lead and stuff. But also, the, okay, the coach needs to make sure the team is ready to play. That that's the coach's job. All that stuff is the coach's job. I'm sorry, like, yeah, this and I and also. By the way- that's true of every other team. He's done it twice too. And I agree that the Harden thing is just ridiculous as well. I mean, to, to take credit for Harden being great at Clipper at the Clippers, James Harden is one of the best players in the regular season, definitely the best players in the NBA. The That year they went to the the, the uh, conference semifinals with the Nets. James Harden was unbelievable in the regular season. He was scoring like 50 points a game. Like it's not new just because he's gone to the Clippers system. He's been a good player. <laughs> like, yeah, he's been a good player all along. Uh, the, the only issue with him is that he's a little bit of a head case and is injured a lot and all and doesn't stay in shape. But he's, he's a good player. It's not like he – like I can see you making that argument if like you have a sort of role player and turn him into a great player. But he's James Harden. He's a star anywhere he goes. Isaiah Thomas could be his head coach. He would be a star. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean – and also I, I've never seen the team – there's, I don't think there's been a team in sports that milks their championship the way the 2009 Celtics milked that championship. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 that's still like one of they're brought up all the time and, and on all these shows and stuff. They won one championship with where they had to go out and get two of the best players in the NBA at the time and add to their bench. They had a great bench and they barely beat the Lakers in the finals. Like, congratulations. I mean, they, and they like, have yeah, the 2000s, early 2010s Celtics were no dynasty. <laughs> no. Like, and they needed a super team. They they started the super. They, what, 
Draymond Green said that LeBron started the super team. That started the super team. That was the first super yeah. team, the Celtics, that Celtic team. So I, I agree. I don't I, I never have been like thought Doc Rivers was the best coach. And obviously something I think is wrong in Milwaukee. I mean, this this doesn't happen where a team that that's good, that's that good, fires a coach three months into his tenure there. And they probably shouldn't have fired Budenholzer before then. Yeah. It seems like a dumpster fire of an organization. Almost feels like the Knicks in a way. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, the thing is though, it's like they, they fired their head coach in the middle of the season. The players were like, and you don't do that for no reason. I mean, something they're like, you must really not like your head coach. If you fire him in the middle of the season, and the players were like dancing around and celebrating. And the, right. That was the tweet that that was the, yeah the, the, cell, the, the Milwaukee Bucks tweeted that out from their social media. I don't know what goes on in the locker room, but maybe it turns out that you're better. But the thing is, you're better off with a head coach that the players don't like that much and winning games at least uh, than having a Doc Rivers as your head coach and you lose and you go. You're just not a good team anymore. Like, you're better off with the head coach that maybe the players don't like that much. I don't know. Yeah, and and I think this is going to tie in perfectly with our next subject about the Nets because this is, you know, the NBA is starting to become a little bit of a banana republic with the coaching. And who's who's running the teams? Who's really running the teams? It seems like... It it seems like uh, the players are running the teams and not the GMs, especially when you have star players. Uh, Not that the Nets really have any star players. What happened at the Nets was one of the biggest failures in the history of basketball. And it, you know, I think that Kevin Durant made a mistake. I mean, I'm going to say this, whatever, but he made a mistake when he followed Kyrie to Brooklyn. I mean, first of all, I think he should have stayed in Golden State. That's the first thing. But second of all, he, he said his father, his agent, Rich Kleiman, all these people wanted him to go to the Knicks, but the Knicks weren't as good a team at the time, and he wanted to live in New York City, so he went to the Nets and followed Kyrie. But, um, the I mean, all three guys together were just going to be a disaster. I mean, the, when they when they started they, – they won Kenny Atkinson fired, which was not a good idea in my opinion. Kenny Atkinson got a – bad Nets team to the playoffs the year before that. Um, if you remember, that was the that was the Jared Dudley, Ben Simmons year. Um, and then they get KD and Kyrie. They had a really good – for a couple of years there, you brought this up on the podcast again, they probably would have won the championship if, if – for if a couple of things. One, Durant's foot was shorter. But two, yeah. also they were – they absolutely destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks in the first two games, and then Harden and Kyrie got hurt. Um, they would have they would have steamrolled the Bucks probably if they had stayed healthy. But all three of those guys have always had an issue where they went. Yeah, and especially put together. Then also, you make a trade. Then he forces Harden forced his way out because he wants to be with Daryl Morey. Who then obviously that went south. But then you maybe Sean Marks was forced to make this tra- whatever. But then you trade for somebody else who's also had a history of of. Uh, bad locker room and being a head case. Ben Simmons. And ben Simmons. And he still barely plays Simmons. So this is, in my mind, and now this is going to be the fifth coach they've had in, uh, you know, four uh, five years, six and five years. 
I, I mean, I, I think this, this, in my opinion, is more of on Sean Marks and Joe Sy than it is on the coach. Now, I will say what happened in Boston the night before the All-Star game is unacceptable. You cannot lose an NBA game by 50 points. That's ridiculous. So I, I think that it probably was time for him to get fired. But the, the, the handling in this organization is horrific. I mean, yeah. beyond terrific. And going back to, I mean, different ownership and different GM, but going back to what happened with the Celtics it, 10, 12 years ago when they traded all of their picks for aging guys. Yeah, for, yeah, oh, when Billy King was the GM. Right. So and, they've had they've had a history of mismanagement. A lot of that was also the ownership. At the, A lot of that was, uh, was, was also Mikhail Prokhorov. That, right, correct. Well, Billy uh, King gets thrown under the bus there. He yeah, was, yeah. Like it wasn't really totally Billy King's fault. He was kind of forced to make a lot of those moves. I'll tell you, can I? I'll tell you what I think the really the biggest issue is that the Nets ever the biggest mistake they made, and this is going to sound whatever coming from a New York guy, but uh, they shouldn't have moved to Brooklyn. I agree. They should have the stayed Nets in New Jersey. Just stayed in Prudential Center. I think yeah. the Nets just because they they had a problem where they said, I mean, Jay Z obviously wanted them to move to Brooklyn, but. They had a problem with the arena being in East Rutherford, which is agree. It's it's harder to get to forty one games in East Rutherford than it is to get to eight football games. Depends but then where they, you live. Well, it's East Rutherford is out there. It's it, it where where it is is like a middle of a swamp, but uh, where the Izod Center and, and MetLife were. No, well, for um, you, not for me. For me, uh, East Rutherford's pretty easy. Swamp, no matter where it, where it is, who's going there? That's not in the middle of the swamp. Um, sort of, but it's pretty centrally located. I mean, it's right near Sea Caucus, and like if you live in Hudson County, which is very densely populated, it's pretty easy to get there. So it's not like in the I would say it's in the middle of nowhere. But then they moved the team to Newark, and that's where I think they should have kept them. I mean, yeah. I just don't think I think obviously it was for their brand or whatever. But they've lost most of their fan base. Um, they're not, you know, they're not. They're right now, I would say, the least relevant of the nine teams in the area. No, um, that's not true. That's definitely not true. You don't think so? No, not even close. Of the nine teams in the area, I would say the Nets are probably, right now, they're probably like sixth or seventh. Okay, let's do it then. Uh, Yankees, right? Yankees are number one. Okay, Knicks, two. Okay. Um. Either the the, the Giants, Giants three, okay. Go, we'll go Jets because of Rogers, right? Actually, you're, you're, you're missing the Mets. The Mets are certainly up. No, the Mets are below the Jets right now. Mets, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, maybe. All right, fine. I'll, I'll give you that, but that, that's debatable. Mets, okay. okay. Rangers, yeah, may, yeah. You think they're more relevant than the Nets? Yes, way more. They just sold out 80000 at MetLife Stadium. All right, all right. I'll, I'll give you the Nets. Okay, and okay. I'll give you the Rangers. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that right now. Okay, well, let's, let's do this then. Where, where What was the bigger story in the city at the time? When the when the Nets went to the conference semifinals or the next year when the Rangers went to the conference finals? The Rangers were a bigger story. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Which which season? You're talking about two years ago? Three years two ago? Years, when the Nets played the Bucks, like I'm talking about like in New York, there were watch parties. There was Rangers stuff everywhere. You didn't have I that. Say, I would say the Nets, I remember being a bigger story. Oh, no way. In the city, I, I remember the Nets being a bigger story. I city, could be wrong. Maybe no. that's because I'm a basketball fan and not a hockey fan. Um, I remember the Nets being a bigger story. Now, I will say the Nets and Rangers are both way below those other five teams in the New York area. 
but fine, I, I will give it to you. Maybe the Rangers are more relevant than the Nets, but they're definitely more relevant than the Islanders and Devils. I think are, are the Devils ever fun. talked about? No. The Devils are not a relevant team. The Devils are less relevant in the New York area than, like, football teams that are not in New York. Like, the Los Angeles Rams are talked about on WFAN more than the Devils. I agree. But (laughs) I don't think that the Nets are very talked about either, especially since – No, they're not. You know, just just because you have Keith McPherson at 3 o'clock in the morning doing a show on WFAN doesn't mean that the Nets are – a talked about brand, but yeah, right, and he's the only one who ever him and Evan Roberts are the only ones who really talk about the Nets because they're Net fans. Well, they're, so they're the only ones. It's really hard to create a brand and fan base in a city that already is, like we said, the Nick where you have the Knicks are probably one of the most relevant teams. It, that's very hard to do. It would be akin to if the Mets left, and then another team tried to start up. Right. Because remember, when the Mets came, there were a lot of Giant and Dodger fans in New York. Right. Where when the Nets came, there wasn't another basketball team that people were fans of. So everyone's right. a Knicks fan. So that's really hard to uh, uh, create. Right. No, no. You're absolutely right about that. It would be hard to do. I mean, I think you also have to remember the Nets were originally on Long Island. So a lot of Long Islanders and Queens people are were are also Net fans from the time that they were on Long Island. And yeah stuck with them in New Jersey and now a lot of Brooklyn Net fans are from New Jersey and we're fans it, from Queens, New Jersey. Queens, there's way more Nick fans in Queens now though. Of course, there always was. I I'm just well, maybe in the 70s or something when they right, were still right. on Long Island, but I I mean the the Nick, there's no doubt about that obviously. Um but yes, a lot of Net fans like there aren't that many unless you're very young. And there are some like if you're very if you're like a young kid growing up and the Nets moved to Brooklyn and you're from right. Brooklyn you're likely going to be a Brooklyn Net fan. Right. But you also very likely would not. You also very likely would follow in, say, your dad's footsteps, who was a right. Nick fan. Like, right. so it, well, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to do to move into that, to move it, to move into Brooklyn. Well, but so you could say, though, then the attractiveness of the Brooklyn Nets to a KD or to a Kyrie is you get the experience of living in New York City and everything that comes with it without the pressure of being a Nick. Or true, absolutely being true. Or being a Met. There is certainly less pressure, I would say. I mean, I would say the biggest fail of a move to Brooklyn was the Islanders. That was a joke. That was a disaster. When they I'll, moved- give you, I'll give you one more. I'll give, this is irrelevant, but the Rangers played the Islanders at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, and it was an island. It was listed as an Islander home game. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers, who played the Devils, they were probably closer to MetLife Stadium than Long Island is. Islander fan, but yeah, where do they don't? Where do they play now? The Islanders on the on the exact border of Queens and Long Island. Like half the half the building is in Long Island, half it's in Queens. Oh, that's not too far. It's in Elmont. Oh, that's not far at all. From MetLife, not at all. No, for the Rangers. I know it's the Rangers are closer, but I mean, I can get from my house if there's no traffic. I could get to Elmont in. Like forty five minutes, probably. I mean, but yeah, but then the traffic going to the game, but uh, but yeah, I mean, th- there, I, I agree, but I, I just think, yes, the, the, an attractiveness of the Nets would be that you're you're playing in New York, you are in New York, it's it, you know Brooklyn is a, is is a cool brand, and then you're losing that pressure. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true, but also the fact that his friend was there, Kyrie, and then James, and then to. 
uh, hop on then to piggyback on him, James Harden. Now, you, I understand what you're saying about Durant wanting to go to the Nets instead of the Knicks. Um, it also makes a certain amount of sense if at the time he was going to be on a better team and have less pressure on him than, it, than going to the Knicks. What I'll say also is that, though, you have to look at it from the Nets' perspective also, which is that they kind of had to make the move. I mean, they basically built a super team that was good enough to become a dynasty. They didn't become one. But, but I mean, from that perspective at the time, you have to understand that, like, look how good they could have been. And the only reason was because of all of the off-the-court things that happened. Um, a, b- a big part of it was Kyrie, not uh, the whole, like, vaccine thing with Kyrie and James Harden, uh, get, you know, uh, you know, not wanting to put up with any level of, like, uh, adversity at all. Correct, but if they said, if they had said, I agree that they should have, I absolutely agree they should have made every move. But you also have to say to an employee at some point, you have a contract with us that you have to honor and you cannot let them run the show. And they let them run the show. That was the mistake. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree, which, I mean, you don't see that very much in football unless it's Aaron Rodgers. And the precedent has been set in the NBA. By yeah. every player that all I have to do is request a trade. The precedent's been set. Yeah. So, and it, yeah, all I have to do is request a trade and I can be traded or, the, uh, you know, just so I can get what I want. At least if right. you're a good enough player. Right. And and that's, that, that's obviously going to be a big problem. I mean, LeBron is effectively a GM. Also, Kyrie, the, the stuff with the vaccine – got insane like like the epi- like the time where he was sitting courtside but couldn't play on the, the- yeah it made no- it, it was yeah it was insane but uh, Kyrie also i think if the covid didn't exist and stuff would have found some other thing true because before covid remember he missed games without telling anybody because it was his sister's birthday and he was in yeah. jersey like and and obviously he had, he had incidents in boston and cleveland so this wasn't i think also the vaccine was also like just something that happened at the time, but something else would have happened. I right. Think. No, I totally agree. I think something else would have happened. Although I don't know if it would have been, well, I don't know if it would have been to the degree that the vaccine problem was with him. Um, but also I, I will say like something else happened where I don't know. I don't think it was the same one, but like, I think it may have been, it may have been like the early 20, early in 2021 when he disappeared and he was saw seen on a zoom call. Yeah, with with um, oh, like a local politician yeah, or something. That was that was yeah, that was in um no, it was before them because it was it was during the governor election. So whenever whenever that was uh Yeah. 2018. Yeah, and, it was it was just weird sort it, it, No, no, but th- there was one later too. It when when he was on the Nets, not in 2018. This he was on the Nets in 2018. Kyrie Irving was on the Nets in 2018. Oh, yeah. Was he? Oh, okay. No, no, but but this was later. I remember it was in 2021 or something. Um, and and he was uh, and it was like seen on well, a Zoom call or but something. Yeah. Like that. But the it, point is that you can't let it happen. Things have always happened. Like he's just a weird person in a lot of ways, and just, all of this sort of bullshit happens with Kyrie. So something else likely would have happened. Um, but also they, they would have had a chance had like it, even if it went really bad. But if it went a little bit less bad, they still likely would have at least won something. But also, you think that you think that um, just because someone's an important thing to the organization, you think that if 
you think that if uh, let's let's use so you think that if Sean Hannity goes you know missing at Fox or says you know uh, I'm going to go to Newsmax if this this and that that they're going to let yeah. him no you think they're going to get rid of him at any other job yeah. yeah you know it doesn't matter how well of an employee you are you're not really running the show here they're running the show right no that's that's a very good point well, at the and end by of the way, day Sean Hannity has a contract with Fox and just as Kyrie and KD have a contract with the Nets. Right. And, and they're, uh, and they seem unwilling. And, and it, that's the problem though. It's like, it, it doesn't happen in like, you don't normally, like I said, you don't normally see that in other sports. You don't see that in baseball. Um, I assume you don't see that in hockey. You don't hear about things about, I mean, like if, if a star, if like a star player runs the show and says, I'm going to request a trade if this, this, and this doesn't happen, uh, and I think a big part of it is that athletes nowadays are often entitled, uh, often from a young age. Well, it's starting to morph into fo- – it's starting to work its way into football now. It, it's it is. It is morphing its way into football. But the truth is a player in football will important. never have as much leverage as a player yeah. in basketball. Well, because also one player is not as important to a whole team as as uh, as they are in basketball. Cause I, I mean, the thing basketball. is, in basketball, if you're the last player on the bench, you're not – like if – even if, like, say, let's say, for example, Mitchell Robinson demands a trade if this particular thing, if X right. doesn't happen for the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks would care that much, if, even if Mitchell Robinson. He's a pretty good player. Right. Uh, but so it, it's really you have to be good enough to the point where you can run the show as an NBA player. But the thing is, is that players are players. They should not be running the show. That's why they're not GMs. That's why they're players. <laughs> like that's why we pay the GM. So because when right. players, I mean, LeBron is effectively a GM, and he's a horrible GM. Like, right. It, like Aaron Rodgers is being a GM for the Jets, and he is not a good GM either. It seems like so. It, like maybe star players shouldn't run the show, and they should be a little bit more humble. Correct. Like it, it, that's. I mean, that's one thing about college that never happens in college. Players don't run the show in college. Even though now you've got you've got guys who will leave at the whim now in college, but yeah, yes. but it's still not like that to that to the extent that it is in the NBA. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree. So it's uh, it, yeah, it's 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 just going to be getting kind of crazy with all that. Um, so yeah, Doc Rivers. I, I like I said, I think Doc Rivers is an overrated head coach. Um. I, I think JJ Reddick is just pointing out the obvious. And, you know, if you take credit for everything that goes right, you also have to take some blame when things go wrong. Of course. Like, but like that, that's just only fair. Um, the, the Nets, they just, I do kind of enjoy that they're a bit of a dumpster fire, to be honest. Oh, I, I the bitter part of me does. Uh, <laughs> like, I think, like, I do like seeing that. Um, and speaking of LeBron, did you see LeBron? Uh, he was asked about a retirement tour Correct. and said, oh, it's 50-50 uh, if I would ever – if if I would actually uh, – if I would go out quietly. Um, <laughs> 50-50. I would like to see the Vegas odds on that. Well, how about he uh, said he said uh, that he – he said that he doesn't like the attention on him. And then when, when they introduced him at the All-Star game, he put a crown on his head as they introduced him. <laughs> he was also – what about he said, he, you know, he's had a lot of, like he said, uh, his son, he said, oh, I don't want him to have uh, pressure because he's my son. And he named him after himself. Yeah, like. um, 
but yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know what I, I, I'm not a huge fan of like these kind of hokey uh, retirement tours where they like give, give players gifts and like all this stuff. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not either. Um, although part of it is like, well, I, I like, well, it depends how long, actually, that's not true. It depends on how long the retirement tour is. Is it the whole season? Like Derek Jeter's? Yeah, or David Ortiz did too. Um, yeah, D- Derek Jeter was every, Derek Jeter. Remember all re two respect respect with the two as an S. Yes, like that was a big thing all like the entire season because he announced before the season started that he was retiring. Um, Kobe, I don't remember. Was it the whole season? Uh, um, I definitely the last game. I don't remember. The last game was a big thing. I don't remember him doing a retirement tour the entire regular season. Um, I, I, I am in faith. I don't. LeBron would totally make a skeptical out of his retirement. Like right. that's that's not a fifty fifty thing. That's correct. More like a one hundred to zero. <laughs> he would uh, thing that he would want a whole retirement tour. I mean, um, him saying he doesn't want the attention on himself is just is just absolutely uh, absurd. I've never seen such gaslighting before. Right. I've never seen such gaslighting before. <laughs> Say that he doesn't that he he doesn't know doesn't like the attention. I mean, remember, remember when they get swept by the Warriors and then he came out with the cast on his hand after Game Four? Yes, I remember. after Game One. Yes, I, I remember vividly. <laughs> and yeah, LeBron is an amazing player obviously but come on <laughs> this is complete bs uh i i i mean look lebron has a lot left in him though he, he's it's gonna be a while until he retires yeah uh, well he said it could be in a year or two but yeah i, I agree I, but i don't know if i believe I think he's also a guy that will that goes until it, it, the tank is on e um do you think so yeah or do you think he would be pulled more of a jerry seinfeld and end on a high note yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he has that in him. I, I think Michael Jordan, like Kobe, he went till the tank was on E. Wasn't Kobe wasn't, was not good. Kobe was terrible when he retired. Right. Um, LeBron, I don't see being the same way. I, I think, but I don't think he's anything close to being done. Like I think he could. He's at least going to play into his forties. Um, right. And probably he'll retire in his forties. Probably. And now, like, so also like, just like the the, just like the the age of like life expectancy as it goes up, like the age that you'll retire also will go up. Like yes. Brady and 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 guys like that. Um, but Brady also played till it was on E. I mean, Brady was bad. Yeah, although when he retired, he did. Although when he retired, he was one of the best in the league. Not as good as he was before, but he had a good season when he retired the first time. The first time, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. The first time, and then his, then afterwards, it was yeah. it, when he was he going through Francesa. the divorce. He did a Francesa. Pretty much, he, um, he retired and came back. Right. Well, and then also like ended on a worse note. Like Francesa just kind of like ended when he had right, whatever. right. But right. um, Francesa had oh, first of all, it is so obnoxious. But at least Brady didn't have a retirement tour. Francesa had a whole retirement tour like a professional athlete would and then came back. There is nothing worse than having a whole tour for yourself, getting the studio named after you, and then going back, literally doing a show in the studio named after you. 
I, I can't imagine ever doing that personally. Like, no, it's just, it's so he, did, he did. Um, he did also basically like he did a Jay Leno, which is when 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 Jay Leno left the Tonight Show and then took it back like a um, from right. Conan Blind like six months later. He did the same thing because somebody took his slot and right. he just completely fucked them because once th- then they moved that show to a to a not a good time slot like one to three and it was just he doomed yeah. that show from the start. But um. But yes, what, he, he, what he did though would be like if an athlete retired and then they named the arena after that athlete, right. and then they go back and play right. in the court in on the t- you play right. in the arena named after you. Like, right, that's how still, absurd it was. Still better than um, still better than the Heat playing in the FTX arena for a season, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it would be bad. Wasn't um, wasn't Seinfeld by the way offered a hundred? I think he was offered a hundred million to do a tenth season. He was, and he didn't. And he didn't take it because he wanted to end on a high note. And I, I very much, I don't think this applies to Adam. Larry David had left. Larry David left two seasons before as well. Yeah, so the, the show went a little bit downhill after Larry David left. But I mean, comedy is like you don't like a TV show. You don't want the show to go sour. It so was, many have it. So many. The Office did it. Um, Friends. Friends went sour. Friends, Friends did it. Friends went um, way too long. How I Met Your Mother did it. Yeah. And I will say also, I think that it's it, it's also, like, popular to be like, oh, the Seinfeld finale sucks. I I, I mean, it's hard to, to, to do it like yeah. that. But also, I kind of liked it. Like, they brought back all these characters from old episodes. Right, right. It wasn't I, as bad as people said it was, the Seinfeld no. finale. Um, I, think, I think some of it was good. I think the whole they go to jail thing was a really dumb plot line. Like, well, they go but- to prison. Well, but it, but the the start of the plot line was that they you know they um they that their pilot was going to get picked up again and they were going to move to L.A. and stuff and be successful. Like I feel like that would have been so out of line with how the show had went. Right, that that's it was true. more plausible to have them go to well, jail. I think I think a good thing would have been like if the pilot had been canceled for a really silly reason. Right, right. And then they moved to L.A. and everything, and then everything just ended like that. But, or even like the even like. Even the way like the Sopranos ended, where it's like you don't know. Best ending, yes. But that that might be the best ending, where you don't know what's going to happen. It might not be the best ending for a comedy show, right? But like, I think that's also a really good way to end a show, which is just like you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but like putting them in jail, I, I just think seems so. It, it, I just thought it was a really. But bad I, I agree about. I mean, the other show, like I mean. Friends started to get really stupid. Yeah, it, it got really. Billy was dating Rachel had a baby with it. It was so stupid. It was really stupid. Um, and and the office as well got really stupid. And so I, I agree that they went on out, out on top. And I, I agree that 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 is the best way to go. I mean, like the ideal would be the Peyton Manning, John Elway. You know that those would be the ideal but, retirement. But Peyton Manning didn't go out on top. But he did win. He won a Super Bowl. But do you remember how bad Peyton Manning was? I agree. I agree. He was the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Probably. I agree. But ideally, you would want to go out winning a Super Bowl. But I think that that affected his legacy a lot, winning the second Super Uh, Bowl. I don't know. You don't think so? No. I'm not saying it should. I'm saying it did. No. You don't think people remember him differently winning two Super Bowls instead of one? I think people do. I think people – and I don't think it matters that much that he won a second Super Bowl for him individually. But I think that sports fans, or at least American sports fans, are obsessed with two Super Bowls instead of one without any context. Well, you're saying in a positive way. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I thought you were saying in a negative way because he was no, bad. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm no, saying I in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, I think yeah, it, yeah. it helped his legacy no, a lot. I agree. Like, it's the perspective of sports fans. Like, I am not as obsessed with – 
rings, especially for for like a team sport when it talks when it comes to individual players, as other people are. I, I think an individual. I think there's a bit more nuance to it than that. But I, I think the public really cares that he won that second Super Bowl. Well, I'll give you an individual one that you're going to scoff at that I think is an overrated. Uh, Novak Djokovic. I mean, uh, okay, you've won a, 90% of his titles at the Australian Open, which is a, Why does it matter, though? Because that's at least one. Like, Why does it matter which so, Open it's in? Nadal as well. 90% of his are on clay. I mean... But, but why does it matter if it's all... It, that, that's like criticizing Steph Curry because most of his points come from behind the three-point line. Well, but yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, what's the difference? The the numbers are the numbers. <laughs> like it, it doesn't. Yeah. Like you could win twenty four titles if you want all of them on the Australian Open. What does it matter? I mean, yeah. Pete Sampras, he didn't win anything on clay. You have him as you have him as the goat. Who? Djokovic. Yes, I have Djokovic as the goat. Um, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, first of all, he has a winning record against Nadal and Federer. Uh, he's certainly the best hardcourt player of all time. He has the most titles and is going to win more. Um, I would say Nadal is a second. I would say is kind of a. Close. You don't think that you don't think that he also though benefited from the other three competitors having horrible injury history. Nadal, Federer, Nadal and, has and, a horrible injury history. Federer does not until he got old. Andy Murray is another one who would have. Andy Murray is another one, but Murray doesn't even like light a candle to those other three. No, I'm he was injured all the time, though. Right. Right, but I mean, you could say the same thing. Federer and Nadal benefited from Murray being injured all the time, too. Yeah, that's true. You could, you could say that about either one. Um, and it, no, I, I mean, the thing is, is that if anything, I would say that his, the, his competition is probably, I mean, Federer's competition throughout his career was probably the easiest of all the big three because for yeah. a big part of his career, Nadal was not even around. When right. Djokovic came on the scene, he had Nadal and he had Federer. Federer initially had nobody. Um, and Nadal was always injured, like throughout his whole career. Like it, it, it it's just the type of player that he well, is. And he's if you want to talk about uh, somebody who went, and she's a legend, but if you want to talk about somebody who went till it was on E, uh, Venus Williams went has gone. The needle's passed E, and the needle's broken off. Well, Serena Williams too. Well, but but Serena Williams actually though competes in the Venus. Well, well Williams, you have to remember Venus Williams. Williams had Venus Williams had an autoimmune disease, and ever since then, she wasn't the same. Right, but I'm saying though, she kept going and going. Yeah, and going. yeah. No. So she didn't. They, they they didn't take Jerry's advice of ending on a high note. No. Uh, I'm very. I mean, like I said, professional athletes don't need to end on a high note. It's like I never understood why in baseball you have to be retired for five years to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Apparently, the logic is: what if you come back and then you're not good enough? I mean, do players ever play themselves out of a Hall of Fame? No, the baseball Hall of Fame. The baseball Hall of Fame too is maybe the biggest joke in all of sports. I mean, if you if you somebody had a quote, I wish I knew who it was, but whatever. They they had a quote that if they kept cheaters, all cheaters out of the baseball Hall of Fame, it would be in a broom closet. I yeah. mean, the baseball Hall of Fame is the biggest joke of all time. The guy has one big. I mean, okay, whatever. Oh, he did steroids. Guy's got the most home runs in the history of Major League Baseball. Is not in the in the the most hits is not in the thing is not in the uh, is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on with that. Yeah, uh, I think it's Alex Rodriguez is in, but David Ortiz is or Alex Rodriguez is out, but Ortiz is in. Like, uh, yeah, they both use steroids. One of them right. is out. One, right, and the thing is, though, it's like I I I do agree that if you're say on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer, and you took steroids, it would make sense to keep you out. 
But if you're clearly a Hall of Famer, even without the steroids, then yes, you should be in. Right, which Bonds and A-Rod were both. Or should both clearly be Hall of Famers. And the Pete Rose thing is a little different, but I still think he should be in the Hall of Fame too. Absolutely agree. Uh, Because that wasn't – he didn't really cheat. It was the gambling thing, which didn't even affect his play. Um, But, yes, he should absolutely uh, be in the Hall of Fame. I I think – most people, I think they, you know, I think they're going to let Pete Rose and Barry Bonds and A-Rod in the Hall of Fame after they die. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I think right. that likely is what's going to happen. It's going to be after they die, and that's how they're going to be led into the Hall of Fame. By the way, have you been to the Hall of Fame? I have, actually. I've been. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Middle of nowhere, yes. Cooperstown, New York. Yes. I. It is a long is ride and a boring ride. I have a weird question. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be in Hoboken? Why? Because Hoboken was the site of the first ever baseball game that was played. I guess I don't. I mean, there's no room in Hoboken. <laughs> yeah, sure. They have they have yeah. too many bars. Yeah, they 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 put a nightclub where it should have they been. Put a, yeah, that's, that's what they were doing. Mad Hatter in Hoboken is where. Yeah, they, but but also, been. like, haven't you noticed Hall of Fames are like always in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, but but also like some of them make sense. Like Springfield, Massachusetts is where basketball started, so that's why they yeah. put it there. It can't no Ohio, but yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so I do want to talk a little bit about this Rick Pitino thing. By the way, doesn't Rick Pitino look a lot like Larry Boy from The Sopranos? Yes, yes. Looks a lot like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, he said – we, we have, have the video, video, right? Yeah. We have the video, right? All right. Well, laterally, I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. Okay, that was my first time seeing the video, by the way. I, I heard about it, but I didn't actually see it. Um, throwing your players under the bus publicly as a head coach is a really bad idea. Uh, we would cr- Imagine if like somebody like LeBron did that, talking about his teammates. We, he would get killed for it. Um, so I, my only response is, like the only reasonable response to that would be that's a total asshole move. And I mean, they're kids. They're in co- they're college kids, basically. It looks ridiculous to it, like you're supposed to be a leader and you just throw them under the bus. It's like, well, he talks about how they don't listen or whatever about. But like, isn't that a reflection on you? You're the head coach. <laughs> like, like that's not so exactly. Yeah. I, 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 have a, I have a few things on this. Agreed. It's a reflection on him. So St. John's started really well, and they've completely fallen off the map. They've been horrible. They've, you know, started good, and, you know, whatever it is. Um, but Patino, you you would, you, you know, it's surprising. It's St. John's looked at the start of the year like um, like they were going to be a, a for sure tournament team. They were 4-0 in the, in the league, and they looked like they were – going to be good. And now they fall off, which is surprising because you would think if somebody would know about low management, it would be Rick Pitino. But um, <laughs> the thing that I have a problem with is that, like you said, he's the head coach. It's a reflection on him. 
threw his players under the bus. Also, you put this roster together, Rick Pitino, through transfer portal, through whatever. This is, in my mind, a classic case of the game passing a coach by. So Rick Pitino is really good at developing a player. Billy Donovan would be an example. Developing a guy through three years, four years. Well, they don't play three years, four years at the same college anymore at all in football or basketball. He just, in my mind, you know, he had the comment um, a few uh, months ago about they should have a salary cap in college basketball, how much the university can spend. Uh, in my mind, he's gotten to St. John's and he's he's realizing that the game is different than it was when he was at Louisville, when he was at Kentucky. Um, but this is ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I would feel horrible if I was a player on the team. Um, no, I, I understand like you, JJ Reddick said this, like JJ Reddick said, he always wanted to be coached and told when he was doing something wrong, but not at a press conference in public. This is so different than um, reprimanding a player at practice. He's doing it in public again, though. He put the roster together. But when you do it in public also, I mean, so say you're a recruit and you, you, you know, why would you go to St. John's if you're a recruit? And this is what he's saying if something goes wrong. And just because there's a transfer portal doesn't mean you have to recruit. You have to recruit the guys in the transfer portal as well. Right, right. So this just – it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's just stupid. Also, no coach – if you pay attention to college sports, there's never been a coach – who comes their first year at a school and is successful ever. Never. Never. Rarely. So it takes time. And okay, like maybe he thought he was going to get these guys in the transfer portal and they were immediately going to go. That was never going to happen. Especially in a program like St. John's, which hasn't been relevant in a while. And he's in a really tough conference also. There are so many good teams. Marquette, UConn, Creighton. I mean, there's so many good teams in that conference. Like St. John's was not – up to the bar. St. John's also hasn't won a uh, NCAA tournament game in 23 years. I mean, so they're not like the St. John's that Luke Karnaseka was coaching. Right. It just, right. It's stupid. Like, it, I don't know why you throw your players under the bus. I don't know why you do that. He's a great coach. He's had so much success at Louisville, at Kentucky, at the Celtics, Knicks, whatever. This is stupid. And I, I just don't understand it. I mean, I don't think that anybody thought that St. John's this year – even though they had a good start, was going to be a team that was competitive in the Big East. I mean, look at who's in the Big East. And so it takes a little bit of time. You have to build the brand a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, to, the stuff he said, like, oh, it took me two weeks to get them a bounce pass. That was like he's talking about a child or something. That's, you know, I, I would hate that. And now these guys are athletes getting paid and they don't need to, you know, sit at St. John's. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. He, uh, it, it also just strikes me as like, a lack of being able to control yourself. Um, I, I think that it's like whenever some, like you said, whenever something goes wrong as a like as a head coach, you always want to correct your players, or you know, just like how like if you uh, you know if, if you're doing something wrong at work, you would want to know how to cor- like you would want it to be corrected or whatever. But you would never want an email to be blasted that right. all of your employees, right. that all of your coworkers, see yes. about you doing something wrong. Yes. That's essentially what it was. It was I'm going to call my players out publicly which really only makes him look bad uh it makes him look bad it makes him look like a bad head coach it makes him less attractive to potential recruits and he's, uh, he's, he, it, if you, like if you i don't want whatever but 
Like I've been yelled at in front of a co- in front of coworkers before. It's horrible. Like it's the yeah. worst thing ever. Like it's it's essentially what he did. Like yeah, and yeah, and but it, but it wasn't in front of a small group of people. It was in front of the entire media. It was on TV. Right, the whole world. Anybody can I mean, see. Like what he said to the media would be something that you would say in the locker room. Right. That's what you would say in the locker room. And taking it to the media is just it, – it's a really bad look. It's outrageous. I, I agree. This is, this is a bad look. Yeah. So I, I do want to get into this uh, Adam Schefter-Craig Carton feud. Uh, so we do have the audio of Craig Cart of Craig Carton on the Carton Show on Fox Sports. Okay. Okay. If he's the quarterback I got for the last two months of this past season, then the Eagles aren't even top five. But how much did you blame on the OC? I don't know. And that's because I mean, right. the biggest question facing the Eagles is what do you know about what happened yeah, last season? I, you tell I can tell you that it is a problem that would splinter any group of men. Any group of men. It is a real significant problem. And it cannot be fixed. I'll tell it's, you that. It's the worst thing. Money we deliver. No, women. Women. I'm not going to tell you more than that, but I know what the problem was. I know they're trying to fix it, and I don't, fix it. I don't think it can be fixed. So it would be very interesting to see if a high-profile player is no longer with the Eagles going into this season. And by the way, maybe he will be, but I'll be interested to see if he is. All right. Can you tell us as we go along. I'll tell, I'll tell you. Crumbs for us to I'll give you a couple crumbs. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So Adam Schefter, Adam, you, you have the Adam Schefter responded to it. Uh, well, Adam Schefter said none of this. None of this happens is what he said. But the thing is, how does he know what he's talking about? Which one? You're saying Adam Schefter knows. It says none of this happened. You're how saying Carton didn't say what happened. Right, that's what I'm saying. How was that? How does Adam Schefter know? I guess he knows that there's not this big unfixable tear in the locker room. But how how does he know that there isn't? I mean, it, it is possible that Craig Carton knows about it. And Schefter I mean, how does knows Craig Carton know? Well, he might know people. Keep in mind, he used to work in Philly, and he used to have a very close or, uh, relationship with the Eagles. So he could, he might actually have inside information that Adam that they never brought to Adam Schefter. So Adam Schefter does not know what he's talking. I mean, like, how how would Adam Schefter know if what he's saying is BS? I'm not saying I know it's true. I'm just saying I don't I know. It's, it's also it's also at a time of the year where, like you said at the start of the show, it's slow sports, and I think it's also uh, gets a lot of clicks and attention when you say you know stuff that might not be whether it's not true or whatever. It's 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 a, a big headline, and yeah. that gets a lot of clicks. Like what happened with Mike Tannenbaum this week or whatever, you know, I think that, I don't know if this is true, but it, it certainly would, would benefit Carton to, to, to uh, have a big story like this on his show or have something that will, will get people talking. Right. No, I get that, but I don't think he made it up. I think he likely does have inside information, but also um, based on the downfall of the Eagles, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not saying I know it for a fact to be true, but if that happened with any team in the NFL this year, I would say it was probably the Eagles. Like, just look at how bad they were, that how big of a downfall it was. Would that surprise you at all if that was the reason? No, of course not. Of course not. Like, I don't know if it had to do with a woman or anything like that. It could have, but it doesn't necessarily mean it had to. Um, but do you think, yeah. Well, did you? I, I don't, 
but I don't know if like Adam Schefter, he doesn't know everything. He might not know. He might not. I mean, I mean, he might not know. But if if it would come to inside information, I think I would go with Schefter before Carton, right? I, I don't disagree, but like. It doesn't mean that Carton is not can't be given information based on his personal relationship with the player, with right? The, or the organization, or a coach, or whoever. Did you see? Uh, did you see the Mike Tannenbaum stuff this week? Like yeah, that was kind of similar. He was just saying ridiculous stuff. I didn't see. I heard about Mike it. Tannenbaum, Mike Tannenbaum said um, one of the things he said was, "Oh, the Jets should get Russell Wilson to be um, Aaron Rodgers' backup." Um, does anyone want to tell him who the offensive coordinator of the Jets is? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. He, he, uh, this is, yeah. I mean, Craig Carton is also like Craig Carton is, I mean, even I'm a fan, you're a fan, but he is a shock jock. Definitely. Correct. He is. He is. But just because he's a shock jock doesn't mean he's lying. Correct. Of course. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was maybe, you know, or maybe it's something that he heard and maybe it's and, exaggerated or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. It, it could be, it could be, but he can't say, he can't say for sure. Yeah. Who was the guy that he was on? Um, who was he? Who was the guy that he was on the air with in Philly that fell asleep? Oh, I forget the guy's name. It was like a famous uh, player who was on the air with him. Philly. He was a fell former asleep. athlete, I think. Yeah, um, it was. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, this is this is also like a very downtime in the NFL thing to happen. Yeah, like, there's not a lot of stories, and then you have like this feud, and Craig Carton also, lo- like, is would relish a feud with anybody yeah he would love that he's not back away from feuds with anybody although he's not i I mean not as much as he used to i would say um when he was on the radio on the radio he was feuding with everybody he was feuding for often silly reasons correct (laughs) uh and it and i i definitely understand why he went off the radio if you saw his schedule that he he had to keep um when he was doing the radio and the tv show right I, i don't know how anybody does that which by the way if you're working like a regular job you might be able to do depending on what it is because not every job requires an exorbitant amount of energy. Um, right. Doing this show for me requires more energy than going to work. Um, right, right. Like I, I don't need to be in, but like for this show, I need more energy than when I go to work or whatever. I think, um, um, but to do a TV show and a radio show requires a lot of energy and it, it, a lot more physical exertion than you think it is, than you think it does. So that is very difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say he's probably like my gut is telling me he's not lying, and it is possible. By the way, it is possible that Schefter might want that story to not get out, or that he wanted to report it first, or that he wanted to report it first, or that he uh, wasn't told about it. He could not like he doesn't know everything. Like it, he could he could have not been told about it. Okay, so there's this one thing I want to get to. What is this? The viral leg stretches video in the gym. Yeah. Do we the, have a video of it or we don't have a video? I don't think so. We don't have um, a video. Okay. But if you saw this video, the the, the woman was – The girl the, who was with the um, medicine ball? Yeah, she was stretching with the medicine ball and the guy came up to her and – Slapped the phone up. Yeah. And he was basically saying like she was doing a sexual move or whatever for the camera and – I think she might have been. Slapped the phone down. But, okay, but this is what I'll say. Uh when you go to the gym, worry about yourself. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. Right. You know, I, I, I don't worry about what someone else is doing. Yeah. And, and by the way, it took me – I saw the video, and it took me a while. I thought, like, wait, what is he so mad about? It took me a while to, like, really – because I saw that she's, like, an OnlyFans girl, I think. 
right? And post a lot of things like that. Um, I couldn't. It took me many, many takes to say, "Oh, that's what he's mad about." It looks like she's riding a dick. Um, but, 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 but what does it matter to him? Right, exactly. But also, it's like that is such an over the top reaction when like she's not even bothering you. I, I think that. Now there is often like a lot of animosity towards people who film themselves in the gym. Right. Um, which, and I think some people who film themselves in the gym are very rude. Um, but I think a lot of it, a lot of the animosity is just, it's, it's similar to like the Taylor Swift animosity, which is just very silly. Right. And well, I, I don't like, I, I, I would hate if somebody's like, if someone's like, Oh, I hate that this person got in the way of my camera when I'm filming it. But if they're not doing that, then like I don't really public, have like, Yeah, you're in a public gym. <laughs> like, there was a video, like, like there was a video where someone was like taking a video of their back, so they had their shirt off, and someone was like, you know, another gym goer was like telling them to put their shirt on and stuff. It's like if I see someone in, and I go to I go to Planet Fitness, which is you you, you see some things in Planet Fitness. I mean. <laughs> Planet Fitness, I, I've been there's a Planet Fitness I've been to. I won't say where it is, so whatever. But there's a Planet Fitness I've been to, and I used to go late at night. We both work nights, so I used to go late at night, and people used to sleep in the Planet Fitness. Like people used to put the the ab like the the mats down and sleep in the Planet Fitness. Anyway, but you see people without their shirt on sometimes at the gym, and you'd be like, okay, like that's a little weird, whatever. But I'm not gonna go up to somebody like it doesn't. I'm gonna worry about what you I'm working. That gym, they allow it. Right, but also like I'm going to worry about what I'm working on. The reason you're in the gym should be to worry about yourself, what you're working on, this, that, and the other. I don't care about other people. In fact, I very like I'll very seldom like really get that deep into what other people are doing. I'll I'll see other people there, but I won't like get that deep into it unless you're going to use a machine. Right, and the thing is though, it's like you might look. I mean, like it it kind of looked like it a little bit. It it really made no sense, and it's like just walking over there and like yelling at somebody for something like that just seems so stupid it seems stupid and it's you know it's it's i mean it's like it's like incel behavior like it's just stupid like you're worrying about like what another person's doing and like i mean if somebody is doing something like to actively like for instance i i've told you about this but like i was at the gym one time at like five o'clock which is an insane time to go to the gym it's it's you know there's there's not a, a spare space in the gym but this guy was working out and was like took like five different sets of dumbbells because he was, cha- but that's like really inconsiderate at that time. Right, right. That's so just- somebody saying like, okay, like you're affecting other people in the gym when you do that. But if you're doing something, taking a video of yourself, whatever, like if, even if she was doing that, I don't know whether she was doing the shredder, whatever she was doing, even if she was doing that, it, it wasn't that blatant, even if she was, it wasn't really that blatant. Even it wasn't blatant was. and it doesn't affect anybody else in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why it even matters. And oh, like, I don't know. There's too much. I, I I agree. Like like the gym stuff has has gone like crazy. Like there are people who film. The, the worst people are like the people who film and like try and make fun of other people at the gym. Yeah. Like that's like, aggressive. But yeah, it's stupid. Like anyone who's in the gym is like bettering themselves. Um, yeah. But I agree. Like you you shouldn't you you should just worry about yourself. Worry about you know whatever you know you want to do, and unless someone's like. Like taking up like a, a, a you know a taking up something that's going on, then I I think that it's just ridiculous to approach somebody like that at the gym. Yeah, no, we totally agree. Okay, so thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for what I mean. Thanks for watching or listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week. This is moving the goalposts. Mm-hmm.